This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I'm fired up for today because we have Todd Talbot. Todd Talbot, I mean, does he need an introduction? Well, one thing's for sure. He's past guest fan favorite. Yes. He's, he's <laughs> almost part of the five-timers club. Friend, friend of the show. Well, TV personality. Here's a few things. HGTV's Love It or Listed. A lot of right. people know him from, but he is... Voracious uh, investor. He He's a real estate investor. He is actually, uh, he holds a real estate license and he's not just a realtor on TV. He's involved in so many different things from like hosting to being like an ad man, not, not in the sense of creating the ad, but what do you call that? (laughs) He's an actor. He is. He's an, I think an an actor that fell into real estate decades ago. Yeah. And the great thing about Todd is he definitely participates in the market in a way that a lot of people do not. He's buying and selling properties at a clip. Right. It is just really, really exciting. And he and he's very active in East Van. It's it's great to have him back on the show. There's there are tons of takeaways from today's show. And my favorite thing about having Todd on the show is you never know which direction the conversation's gonna go. And we really don't prep too many questions for when we have him on because one is he can talk about anything, but two is it's just like a I feel like today's show is really almost like just having a chat with a good friend. Just having a chat with a good friend. That's exactly it. And we run long. So maybe we should just cut to our chat. Well, we're over, we're over an hour yeah. today, which, uh, which is a long episode. So yeah, we'll cut to that. And Matt, anything else before we uh, cut to our conversation with Todd? I don't think uh, we got anything today. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> enjoy this conversation with Todd Talbot. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam, with 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds. Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. I'm 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear myself. You know oh, what? Yeah, though, I can actually a little bit. get right into it because uh, we should save that goal for the podcast. So, Todd, you're a renaissance man. What what title, <laughs> right? What title do you uh, do you go by these days? Um, tired. <laughs> tired dad. Yeah, tired dad. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have a title. I mean, titles are overrated, aren't they? We could dive into that. <laughs> Matt, Matt you, you've got a little bit of alphabet soup uh, oh. following your signature well, and your email, don't you? No. Doctor. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's hard when you are interested in so many different things and then people do want to classify you into one thing. Oh, you're a TV host or you're a realtor or you're, you know, renovator, or, you know, a dad. Right. I don't know. How, how do you? And, and a, like a spokesperson for, I, I get the bank ads all the time oh, TD? on my yeah, yeah everywhere you'd think they'd give me a good mortgage rate <laughs> i wondered about that well, just so you know i have to go through the front door like everyone else <laughs> <laughs> it's a, those are some great ads though they're fun I, i've yeah. been working with td for a number of years now and they're awesome we just did the big campaign for heat pumps uh, yeah. with the bc government which which is great it was a great synergy with the a-frame that we're building and uh yeah you know. I feel like I just saw an ad with you, but it wasn't TD. Were you doing something else? Everything. At your yeah. old house? Or was that TD? I don't no, know. There, well, there, these no. things are shot so far in advance. It's, I don't know. I, I think that's BC Hydro. Oh, I think that's the oh, heat yeah, problem, probably. Ad. Right? There was yeah, one so that's with, not a, I, I'm not sure if it's actually BC Hydro. I know it's BC government. Okay. Um, it's part of their campaign to, you know, electrify and, you know, push push the agenda in terms of getting rid of gas in homes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so got to be a part of that. And we, we shot that ages ago, but uh, you know, it's something I believe in. So it was, it was cool to do. So, you know, the, the split duct systems are awesome. And the, the heat pump, like the AC units and yep. I, you know, anyone that travels like Asia or Europe, they've known about these for years and they've experienced them for years, but I actually almost prefer those to like a central air system. Well, and then you've got like the the mini splits uh, yeah. that are ductless. There's so many options right now, and and um, and also, oh, oh, I thought there was a fly floating in my water. That would make sense in this studio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like guys, come on, at least a fresh cup of water. <laughs> you know, people used to moving from other parts of the world coming here and talking about air conditioning and stuff like that. It was like five, ten years ago. There was no air conditioning here. Right, right. But we need it now. And, uh, I, and I think, you know, if, if things continue the way that they seem to be going, everyone's going to have some sort of air filtration system to deal with smoke from forest fires, as well as, you know, extreme heats in the summer and you got to deal with cold in the winter and right. the dampness. And so, yeah, I mean, all this stuff, some people are resistant to it, but it's coming. It's going to be mandated and it's coming. So right. people better wrap their heads around it. You know, what's hilarious is I had, I've had a lot of people over the years at open houses tell me like kind of a little bit angry, like my realtor said, I didn't need AC in this market or in, in Vancouver. And, uh, that used to be a thing that even I used to say like 10 years ago, I'd say like, ah, it's like hot, like three or four weeks of the year, which was true. Yeah. Well, it wasn't well, your realtor no being hot, a like 27 hot too. Not yeah. like really hot. Not like 35 heat dome you know, pushing 40. Right. There was 600 people who died in their home last summer. That's crazy. In greater Vancouver. You know, the place that's supposed to be- right? Yeah, I mean- Wow. I stand to be corrected, but that is what I've heard. Um, I think you're right about that. I think that is the stat. Regardless of whether it's 600 or 500, I mean, even if it's two, it's too many. That's crazy that you're overheating and 
Well, the home. fact that, you know, your home is so supposed the to be death. the place that is yeah. safe. You know, your safe zone. And it's, you know, increasingly difficult to, you know, manage temperatures, not only in, in greater Vancouver, but, you know, if you go into the Okanagan or Lytton, you know, the, we're, we're seeing these examples all over the place. Not to put a downer on the conversation, of course. I was going to say, uh, thanks for coming, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, listen, you know, I just think people need to wake up to the change that's coming. Totally. And, and is potentially already here. The cool thing is, is that BC is leading the way in Canada in terms of building code and being as progressive as possible. We're going to be at that net zero mark in 10 years with step code five in 2032. So, you know, people are already thinking that way. Right. Uh, but the rest of the country isn't, ironically enough. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we're it's, setting the tone. No, I was just thinking, uh, and this is just besides the point on Twitter, there seems to be a lot of talk about natural gas as being really poisonous in your house. Did you know this? No. Okay. There's been, it's, it's very new, but all these scientists on Twitter are saying they're running tests with a stove or a gas fireplace and the, whatever type of poison is left in the air is worse than they ever thought. And it lasts a lot longer and it leads to like asthma and kids. And it's just, I'm just thinking about this because gas is being, it's on its way out, but what all I think these we, things, not at my house, <laughs> all these, but all these things that I'm like, no, you're going to take my gas fireplace out of my dead bare hands or whatever. And now it's like, Oh, it's poisoning you actually is, uh, is what it's doing. I think people, you know, we watch in the food industry where people have, you know, kind of awoken to awoken. Is that yeah, a word? Yeah. 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 You know, kind of awoken to uh, being healthy. <laughs> Actually, I'm committing it to it strong. <laughs> I'm going with it. You know, committing to being healthy and a little bit more conscious about where the food's coming from and the impact that it has on them and the environment, et cetera, et cetera. And for so many years, we just have not talked about the impact of our homes, how they're built, how healthy they are, how safe they are. And it's not a sexy thing to talk about, but. And not a cheap thing to talk about either. No, That's unfortunately. The other, the other thing. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're at the leading edge of it. And I've jumped in with both feet. We're building a, an A-frame that's net zero passive host principled. And so I've just like dove into this world and it's, it is, it, it bends your mind a little bit because everything that you know about construction, the way that it has been done is kind of turned inside out. Right. You know, you're paying attention to things that you never paid attention to before. You know, the old contractors used to talk about houses and they need to breathe, you know, oh, it's like your skin. And that's how we kind of did air exchanging in the old way, but it's completely inefficient. It's not healthy. And so now, you know, we're sealing up. And then of course, anyone who listened to the leaky condo stuff that happened, everyone's paranoid right. about, you know, sealing up houses. But that is in the distant past. Right. The way that it's constructed now is completely different. Right. I feel like if you're of a certain age, the idea makes you nervous, specifically boomers. I feel like every boomer you talk to about the idea of a passive house, they're dead set against it. Yeah, but they're wrong. Yeah, and I, I was trying to I was trying <laughs> I to I don't pull. normally take a hard stance on things. But like, <laughs> when it comes I'm, to boomers though? <laughs> yeah, boomers. Come on. That's our parents, right? <laughs> yeah. They're wrong. <laughs> I was actually looking for the stat, but we had actually, uh, I thought you were just, I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, anyways, let me know when you guys are done with this. chat. <laughs> um, I, I was, uh, I was looking for a stat because we had the, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but passive house Canada 
the CEO, CEO of, of Fastavos, yeah. Canada on the program months ago. And there's like a shocking stat. It's like, I think it's like 40% of Canada's like carbon footprint is the housing sector. It's like huge. Yeah. Not to mention like some ridiculous number. Like I, I don't want to put out percentages. I should have looked this up beforehand, but you know, the amount of waste that goes into landfill from the construction industry in our homes is like disproportionate, right? Uh, hugely disproportionate. So now you you're starting to see folks like unbuilders, you know, Adam and, and those guys who are shifting that conversation and finding a different way to, you know, deconstruct homes and stuff like that. So we're getting there. Like, I, I think we've tipped. Um, I agree. I think, I feel like it's moving much quicker than, than we ever thought it yeah, would. And right? especially from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, like I remember whole, when we started talking passive house on the show, it was like, it was really questionable whether it would catch on even or not. Well, that here's the, like here's the problem. Years it's ago. just a horrible name. Yeah. So passive house, the, the best way it was described by, uh, to me by this guy, uh, Sean St. Amour. I'm not exactly sure I'm pronouncing his last <laughs> name correctly, but this guy is like, entrenched in the passive house world. And he's like, look, the name doesn't sell itself, but we're going to get there anyway. So it's, we're just kind of like, he's got like the passive house fight club mentality, right? We're just doing it. And we're going to pop out on the other end in, you know, five, seven, 10 years. And all of the construction methods are going to basically be there. And they'll come up with a sexier name for it. I mean, people throw around net zero, but People don't really even understand the difference between those two. What does net zero mean? What does passive house mean? I, I've heard envelope first building, which is That's not a that little sexier. Yeah. <laughs> envelope first. That must have been that a, promoted that was a branding, by Canada Post. Brand, I was going to say a branding company must have come up with that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they could just, come up with a better. Yeah. Uh, safe. So, so for me, it's about my exploration into this started off from a sustainability standpoint but it quickly got to resilience. And I think the resilience piece is the access where, where people get inspired. Like how does your house perform under these circumstances inside out? Is it uh, resilient to a forest fire? Is it resilient to smoke in the air? Is it healthy air on the inside? All of those components people can wrap their heads around because that, you know, if you're choosing those types of, you know, choosing to build that way with that in mind, I think people get it. Right. So thinking about that, because I feel like we had somebody talking about resiliency on the show early COVID. I wouldn't know. I've never listened to your podcast. <laughs> that's, that's a true story. That, that's a <laughs> that is, true I'm story. like, are you guys still doing this? That's what, that was your first question. You were like, man, this thing has legs. And yeah. it's like, not really. Well, one, <laughs> anyway, so we, we were talking about that. And I remember it was kind of a terrifying conversation because his point was, like, this is just the start of, you know, a host of catastrophes that are we're facing. You're building this passive house in the Okanagan. And we've also talked a lot about climate change. I'm just wondering, how did the location factor into kind of the way you've been thinking about this? I would say, you know, the, over the last couple of years, it's been particularly bad with forest fires. And then we had, you know, the the floods and wiping out of the road system in BC. So our decision to go down that path was before that. But it's been reinforced by the chain of events that's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, to be building outside during a heat dome and 40 plus temperature and then trying to navigate through smoke outside as well. Like it's, um, you know, we're looking at filtration systems to be able to filter that, you know, fine particulate from <laughs> everyone's like, 
Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Great. Fine particulate. Fantastic. But, you know, to answer your question, we started, like I said, from the sustainability standpoint, but but now it's, you know, you you have to address the resiliency. So everything on the outside of our building is non-combustible, metal roof, we're using steel siding, you know, composite decking, trying to be, you know, balancing resilience with sustainability. Because you've been working on this for a while. Way too long. Is, has that factored in? Like, I'm just curious, is that part of the the amount of time it's taken to to get through this project? The weather? No, it, well, no, more of the, that you're building a passive house. Like you're yeah, basically- Yeah, and to the, be clear, I mean, I'm- I'm Passive targeted. I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to get it. Get the piece of paper, the sign off on it. I hope we can hit those targets. I think we're going to be really, really close. Uh, we're going to try our hardest. You know, I, I just. I got committed to it. I. I got inspired by the idea. I got committed to it, and now I'm stubborn. So like, I'm just. I want to showcase how it's done because I didn't know, and I just kind of want to share through you know, my channels, you know, the process, what we learned, how we did it, why we chose to do what we did. And like, I'm literally going through the learning curve. It's steep. And I'm, I'm relying on these experts that I've got around me and kind of like this little community of passive house enthusiasts is small. And so everyone shares information. It's really cool. Right. Well, we actually, yeah, we were just talking about lane fab and I know a lot of the, a lot of the builders that in Vancouver that are really progressive and, and moving it forward. Yeah. And it, and, you know, like material choices. So, you know, building wraps, you know, four, seven, five, I got introduced to a company that I'd never even heard of uh, Veta windows. I'd never heard of them before either, but you know, these guys who have done it, Nick Bray puts Veta windows in his passive house in East Vancouver. I go and check it out. You know, I, I see it. How, how do those windows? Yeah, they're fantastic. Okay, great. You know, that gives you the confidence to move forward with something that not everybody is choosing. Right. Um, you know, insulation. People, you know, there, there's some things that people default to, like Rockwell, which is a Canadian company, and, and you know, they're top of the heap in terms of choices. And, you know, you, so you start to gather these things and you start to put together these assemblies. And there's a lot of building science. Like, it's... It, Smart people have thought through this stuff. And so you got to leverage all that information. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to have you back at some point to talk about living, like the livability of the house. Yeah. Because that's what I'm so, I'd love to just like get an Airbnb and live in a passive house for like even a weekend just to see how it feels. Because like the new construction is so airtight as it is, but it's just interesting, like the the climate control and like how the space feels, like being hot or stuffy or cold or keeping it cool. So there's a lot of questions I have that are I agree. sloshing around. I, I, it's a bit of a leap of faith, especially if you haven't lived in one. And there isn't a lot out there. A couple of examples of things that you've had, like I've let go of. So I had this romantic idea of having a wood stove, high efficiency wood stove right in front of the lake, you know, or glass front and very romantic idea. And I've just always dreamed of having that. It would, it's resilience, you know, the power's out, whatever. But, you know, as I learned more about sealing up this house, it seemed less and less logical to be putting fire inside your house. You know, it's a bit of a caveman idea. And so, you know what? I, I actually let it go and I felt way less stress. I, I don't have to figure out how to do this. I don't have, an, have another penetration in the roof for the chimney. 
I don't have to worry about off-gassing from the fire, which is, you know, it's never 100% sealed. You don't have to crack a window. You know, there's a lot of things to consider in that. And a couple other things that uh, that people have pointed out, one is they're quiet. So, you know, it depends on how right. um, how important that is for people. A lot of people love that sense of quietness. So you get to control the ambiance inside your house. And then I was actually talking about this at, as at the home show and I was going to cut out the point about bug free. My wife was like, no, that's like the biggest selling feature. So, you know, these homes are sealed up. And so unless you leave the door open or a window open and right. a bug comes through that way, you know, you're not dealing with spiders or you know, any other uh, <laughs> bugs coming into your house. And I mean, it sounds funny, but you're literally controlling the environment, which means you get to control noise, bugs. Uh, you get to also control the air, which is ultimately the most important piece. The other, the other and the moisture, I should say. The other thing I think about because one of the one of the things when we were when we were looking at HRV units, I, I feel like so many builders in Vancouver, if they can cheap out on HRV, they do, and then often homeowners just turn off the HRV units because right. they make a little bit of noise. But it's 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 an exciting idea to have, especially in like the time of like pandemics and everything else, like an air purifying HRV system, like a a really high end HRV in a house. Yeah. Well, also with the smoke, with the smoke as well, you know, it's like just even not only from a health perspective, but yeah, it it just makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, the way that buildings are going to be constructed, you're, you have to have an HRV system or an ERV system. And, and, you know, for people who don't understand, basically that is a mechanical system that is exchanging the air inside your house. And there's a filtration system attached to that. What I've been advised is that that's not necessarily going to go as far as dealing with forest fire, that kind of particulate in the air, but you can add a secondary filtration system Mm, to it. So you start to be able to manage these things. And, And I agree with you, you know, pandemic, being able to clean the air in your house, people get sick, you know, I don't know what the ultimate, you know, benefits are from it because I haven't lived through that, but um, it all seems to make sense to me. Yeah. I, I remember reading something about, and again, I'm just going to throw out a random percentage. <laughs> There's going to be zero footnotes. On you guys do the fact check at the end. <laughs> uh, no, but it was like, it takes care of like 98% of like household germs, like that are, are, are airborne germs, I guess. So it's right. like if your kid is sick, which yeah. now my kids in daycare is sick. They've just been sick for the past month, like since she started. And it's, it's it would be pretty, I wish I had this system. But anyways, now you people are really sleeping. You just built your house, didn't you? Oh, I screwed it. I, I screwed it all up. I did it right before Passive House caught on. <laughs> now, yeah. now I've got this but Your old, house actually feels I, my, fairly airtight. It's at super least, airtight. It's built compared to, to my sieve. Well, like, you know what the thing is, is BC building code is, is, and it has been like, there's, there's been issues with how airtight the houses have been built here for a while, right? Yeah. Well, without an, without some sort of air exchange system, you're going to have a problem. Exactly. But they go hand in hand. You have to, you have to have both. Right. That's the whole design of it. You can't, you know, you can't have a car without wheels. Like you have to understand the the mechanisms of the home go together. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming fast. It's already here, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's very exciting. I'm just going to rebuild. My house. <laughs> <laughs> Unbuild it, then rebuild it. Again. Unbuild it and rebuild it. 
So Todd, you've been selling a lot of real estate lately and uh, you're someone that we've always thought of who has a, an instinct about timing the market. Anything we should know? I really hope you're right. <laughs> uh, just before we came on, I was just saying that, you know, it's tricky when you're in the industry and you're exposed to so much information. And so you have kind of that side of your brain analyzing things in a macro perspective. You know, you got like all this stuff you're considering and you're talking to people. It all seems to make sense on a certain level. And then when you are dealing with your own money, your own investment, whether it's your own house or, or you know, an investment property, you also have to balance off, you know, that personal nervousness or, and I don't think that goes away with anybody who buys real estate. And, you know, so you have to kind of balance that out and <laughs> figure out what brain to listen to. You know, it's great to run ideas by friends who are, you know, in the know as well. And like, I love to talk through these things with, I got three or four people that I, you know, I call and I, I run the ideas by them and kind of get their feedback and stuff like that. And if you're looking for some sort of prediction or timing, I always answer this question kind of the same way. I'm still very active in the Vancouver market. I still am investing my own money more than I thought I would be, to be honest with you. And so I always think that, you know, follow what you're doing as opposed to, you know, what somebody might be saying you know, do, do I think that there's changes coming? Yeah. I mean, there are some forces that are at work that are beyond our control, interest rates, some, you know, federal budget talking about limiting foreign investment, you know, those are foreign buying, I guess. Um, so, you know, there's different components at play that, you know, no one knows exactly what's gonna, what's gonna happen. But, um, ultimately at the end of the day, I, I, I still believe in the greater Vancouver real estate market. One thing that strikes me, Todd, is you're, you have the energy to move yourself. Like, I think the first time you were on the show, in Lions Bay? Yeah, probably. Yeah, you Lions might have been Bay, in Lions yeah. Bay. And like Lions Bay to East Van. The East Van. You sold your house in East Van. Mm -hmm. You transformed that house. I was actually through that house uh, at the open house. It was very... Yeah, why didn't you guys make an offer? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, very close to, but uh, you, yeah. Very, you did well on you it. You were like, we can't negotiate with that guy. He is <laughs> I know this guy. Awesome. He's a real jerk. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> but I mean, you've built out the the kind of awesome studio in the back and all these things. But yep. but you've moved on, and it yeah, you know, with a family, like it's just the energy to what what keeps what keeps you moving through. What keeps you moving? I think part of it is not healthy. Like there's a component of it that I'm I'm a little bit addicted to that change and kind of keeping things moving forward. I can see now with, now that I'm, you know, married with two kids and they're at the age where they're not quite as interested in moving. Like I, I've actually noticed through them when we used to buy and move and stuff like that, when they were little, they were super oh, yeah. excited about it. They'd go in, they'd design their rooms Which and they'd mine. be like yeah, yeah, super yeah. excited. And now they're, Honestly, they've kind of lost interest in it. And I think they, they have a little bit of resistance. So I, I do have a plan to slow down in that regard on a, on a personal level. I, I don't know if I'll follow through with it, but I, I kind of have a, we're going to move into a condo and then kind of have that experience for a while and then reposition ourselves into 
a house that will bring us through the high school years with our kids. And then our plan is to move back to a condo. So I would like to be living in a condo in, in Vancouver, ultimately at the end of the day. So this is, but cause I was kind of unclear on what you meant, but focus on what you're doing rather than what they're saying, basically in terms of like timing the market, you said something along those lines. Yeah. It probably didn't make any sense. But no, but I, I was actually kind of confused, but it actually kind of makes sense now. Like you're, you ultimately have a plan. You're moving through the market. It seems from the outside, like we were talking before you got here, like you have a knack for timing the market, but potentially it's just, it's not dumb luck. No, but it's literally, you have a larger plan that you're kind of moving through and, and market be damned. Well, I think, I think part of it is just being in action. Like a lot of people stand on the sidelines and they criticize and they, they poke at the market and they criticize people for doing, you know, whatever they're up to. But in order to be involved, to be exposed to the market, you actually have to be in the game, whether it's your principal residence or it's an investment property. If you're not doing it, you can't be a part. If you're not in the party, you know, you're, you're, you don't get any of the benefits of it. So you have to be in action, number one. And number two, I think, you know, you, you have to be informed. Information is going to help drive your decision-making and it has to fit with your overall plan. So my investment strategy is different from a lot of people. A lot of people who have a much sexier investment strategy than me. I'm a buy and hold guy. You know, we, we rent all the properties. Like I've, I've owned a house for, I was literally painting a suite this morning. I've had the same tenants for close to 20 years in that house. And uh, it was the first house I ever bought. And it's been awesome. You know, like that is, that's what makes me feel comfortable. And so, you know, I strategically put pieces together that fit my investment strategy. So, you know, you got to be in action, you got to be clear about your goals, and then you have to be informed. And the only way to be informed is to kind of be out there talking, experiencing, looking at properties, understanding rents, you know, understanding renovations, know the cost of things. You just can't get blindsided by these things. Having said that, no matter how informed you are, you're still going to deal with all kinds of things that come flying at you that you you just could not predict, positive and negative. Can we talk about a few of the negatives? Sure. What what are you? <laughs> well, right now is supply chain. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I I feel like I've just I oh, get right. my ass yeah, kicked cause... all the time. So I I won't mention any names at the moment, but I'll tell you it's so. You know, we're building this house and it, I, I think it stands true for any builder, any developer, any renovator, any DIYer. You know, there are certain elements of the market right now that are very tricky to navigate and you will get, you're going to get screwed in your process. So best laid plans out the window. You got to redo your plans. Like I literally redo my plan like every two days, you know, and, and you have to stop everything that is coming because that other piece isn't coming. So things like, you know, there are traditional things like appliances and windows, a few things like that, engineered lumber. There's a couple of kind of hot spots that are tricky. So if you are planning renovation, get in front of those. But the other thing is, you know, being in communication with people. It, the, a delay does not bother me when someone lets me know yeah. when they know. It pisses me off when I get told way too late for me to do anything about it. Like I pride myself on being a problem solver. There's always a solution, 
But if you don't let me know, there's nothing I can do. You hang me out to dry. So I think people need to be like super diligent about being very clear about when things are arriving, what are the potential pitfalls. And, you know, it's it's not always people's fault. I mean, we, we understand we've gone through COVID. Uh, there's supply chain issues. There's staffing issues, which I think is driving a lot of this more than the supply chain. There's transportation issues. And then the last one, the owner of Shepherds, the home hardware uh, that I that I'm working with, awesome guys. And he was saying, you know what? People are burnt out. Yeah. They've been trying to make this stuff happen for the last two and a half years. And people are just dropping out. They're leaving. They're selling their homes. They're working from home. They're doing something else. And the people who are left just don't have the capacity. And, uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're trying to get a lumber order. And, you know, you can be as nice as you want or you can be as harsh as you want. It's not going to make a difference. The bad news doesn't age well reference that, that that's like, uh, that you know really resonates. Off. Yeah. yeah, that resonates with me. And the second thing is, that's even worse is when somebody makes a decision, like they move forward with the work without consulting on a, on a decision and, and work has to be undone, which yeah. happens too with, with, uh, with construction uh, in, in building and renovating, right? Where it's like any homeowners, you know, the, the best advice I can give is you have to now either be there or you're checking it daily. You and, gotta be there. No, no trade loves you looking over their shoulder, but you're paying the bill. So who cares? You're there, you're monitoring there's always multiple ways to run a wire from A to B. You know, there's different ways to frame out a window. Is it going to go three inches to the left or three inches to the right? It can make a big difference for the homeowner. Well, it's huge, especially with like, you know, duct work or drop downs or any, anything, right? Cause yeah. you're, cause it's, it's when you see that people in the know that walk in, it becomes unintentional design, right? Or bad design. If it's, if there's a, I think it's, it's like lazy we, design, it's lazy design. Yeah. Sure. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. And I, I remember that was one of my big thing is like plumbing stack or like certain things where it's like, well, why do we have to, why can't those sprinkler sprinkler, um, like the plumbing run through, run through the ceiling, right. As opposed to dropping yeah. down here and, and really, cause it's easier to do it this way, right. It's right. quicker to do it this way. You're going to meet two kinds of contractors. One who, uh, will stop, listen and go, okay, it's not the way we normally do it, but we're willing to explore the possibility of doing it the way that you've suggested, or maybe there's a solution that we haven't thought of yet. And then there's the other type of person who basically says, look, this is the way it's done and kind of closes down the creative conversation. And they do that, I think primarily because it's what they know, they can move quick, you know, whoever's working for them, they don't have to explain further about, you know, some sort of nuance difference and people don't like to take chances. Right. Well, and also the marketplace. I mean, my sense is, is that, you know, when you, you're not interested in quoting on three quarters of the jobs because you're so busy, it's like, you know, you can kind of call the shots. Yeah, um, that's, true. Mean, that's true. That's true. I, I think you just have to be diligent. You just can't keep having to like, just stay on it. Like this one company that I'm having trouble with, I literally phone them. And then I've asked a couple of people like, what do you think about this strategy? I email and phone every day. <laughs> every day. Now I'm nice about it. Like I'll leave a message and I'm like, 
I know you're waiting for my call because I call you every day. So when am I going to have some information? Please call me back. Just uh, and be do, and in do communication. They, do they call you? Nope. I mean, I'll get a call One maybe of these days. <laughs> once every... Or I'll, I'll catch them where they don't they don't look at their call display and they're like, oh shit, yeah. I answered that damn call. <laughs> this reminds you me gotta, of the sneak attack. You got to use my phone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. We could this try remi- that after This reminds that. me of uh, last time you were on talking about the Ella project where you show up with a lunch pail and, and watch them work. And I, I thought you were joking. <laughs> chirping, at, chirping at the guy's... Uh, I'm not yeah. that bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's Todd with his lunch pail. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. Well, it, it it blows my mind a that that you were painting a rental suite this morning. Like it's it's crazy the energy that you have and how involved you are in just everything you're doing real estate. But b it's obvious why you're in the position that you're in because you take action. Yeah, like that's part I, I, of taking action. I think I also love it. Like I I you know we're building up in the Okanagan this this incredibly challenging. I was having someone do a takeoff today on on some of the materials that we're looking at, and he's like wow, this thing is, it's unbelievable. Like it's really challenging. So it's the biggest thing I've ever taken on. So we've got that going on. You know, we manage our, I, I still manage all my properties here in Vancouver. We've, we just sold our house, as you mentioned. We've got, um, we're moving into the Ella, the uh, three bedroom condo. We've got another property that we've purchased. You know, it's another piece of the puzzle you know, we sold a house in Calgary. I want to, yeah. And I want to get, I want to get to that because this is, it's a weird time to sell in Calgary because there's a lot of positivity, I think, in the Alberta. It's almost the, the only market that seems to be, have. Well, a lot of people are, have, are excited uh, about the, about the province, I, I think. And So and, what you're telling me was the wrong time to sell. No, I, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, one, I want to talk about the reason why right. you sold now. And then two, I want to talk about it turned out to be like a really great win-win for, for you as a seller, but also for your tenant yeah. in the space. So yeah. maybe just starting first so, of all, why you sold. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. 
We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. Well, I'll start with why I bought. I, I actually bought this house off my brother-in-law because I was helping him out to buy another piece of property. And I said, if you can sell it, great, no problem, then just pay me back. If you can't, then maybe I'll buy it. You know, the, the numbers were made perfect sense from an investment strategy. And when was this? Five years ago. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the numbers were probably attractive. Yeah, they were very attractive. So, you know, we've got a lot going on. And it seemed like there was a little momentum in the Alberta real estate market. And it just made sense, even though it doesn't really fit with my strategy. It wasn't uh, ultimately a home that I wanted to keep because I'm removed from it. And I don't like owning real estate in another province. I like it close by. So, you know, I analyzed the situation. A couple of friends who know the market there said, this is probably a great time. If you're looking to do it, now's the time to do it. Okay, great. So, you know, had the awkward conversation with the tenant who has been wonderful. Single mom lives there with her two boys. It's the only home that the boys have kind of grown up in. They, you know, the school that they've gone to and she was devastated, but understanding. She's amazing. A great tenant. And so we started the process of going to list the home with a, a friend of mine in a realtor in Calgary. And, uh, you know, she reached out to me and said, you know, is there any way that I could buy it from you? And, you know, I, I think we all kind of default to the traditional process of buying and selling. You know, it happens one way. But there's so many other creative ways to do things that we just don't think about. And I thought I, I was kind of inspired by her willingness to want to do this. And I was like, great, you know, why don't you go and see what you can get for financing and and we'll figure it out from there. We spent about a month together. I, you know, she was it was her first time she's ever bought a piece of property. So it was all new. She was trying to do it herself. And I said, you know, if you if you want some help, I'm happy to talk to your mortgage broker and see if I can help navigate this for you. And it just wasn't going to come together. We represented, I think, a win-win situation in terms of how much we were willing to sell the property for, where we saved on the commission. And we basically gave that back to her. You know, what we could have ultimately got for it is, I mean, who knows, but the price was fair. Everyone agreed that the price was fair. And uh, anyway, so long story, slightly longer, is that uh, we got kind of to the 11th hour and I said, look, I, I'm going to have to put it on the market. We can't keep going on like this for more than a month. And so she said, well, just give me two more days. I said, well, that's fine. So she talked to a family member who was willing to co-sign. So they managed to put the financing together and she bought the house privately, I guess you would call it a private deal. Uh, she had a friend who was a realtor there who helped write up the contract. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably the, to see how excited she was to it. I think, you know, for people who do this a lot, you get removed from the emotional component of it. 
But to see how excited she was for this situation, the fact that it would come together, you know, honestly, is probably the warmest feeling of selling a piece of property that I've ever had. Like I, I, I just thought this is, this was how it was meant to go. I think everyone won in the process and, um, you know, she got to stay in the house and it was great. The, the two kids thing. And I'm thinking like the one thing about having your kids grow up in a house or the area, and I'm actually just thinking about you, are you now, cause you've lived all over Vancouver and you've even lived outside of Vancouver, I guess, Lions Bay. Yeah. Um, but now you're kind of like firmly planted in, in East Van, right? Yep. And you've kind of really put roots down. Any chance you're going to leave or are you just going to keep bouncing around East Vancouver? I think we have a plan now to stay in East Vancouver. We've, I, I think, you know, if I follow through with my plan, we've got two more moves in us until the kids graduate. And then after that, assuming they leave the nest at some point, I think, you know, Rebecca and I would like to live in a smaller space, likely a condo downtown, something like that. And, um, and be able to travel and, you know, not have a, I don't, I don't want to have a house in the city. I just, it, it's a lot of work. It's a ton of money. You know, I still want to have capacity to, to have my kids come home and, you know, host stuff like that. But there's tons of creative ways to get around that. Bunk beds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, this makes me think your the house you just sold, it was a reverse plan and your kids shared a bedroom. It was tight quarters. It was, uh, especially during a pandemic. <laughs> In our previous house, which is a you know, big house, they had their own rooms, but they actually loved sharing a room. But I think the thing that I've learned about this experiment that we've gone through is that, you know, your kids kind of dictate the stage that they're at kind of dictates what you need in your space. And, uh, and so we're, we're kind of letting them lead the decision-making around how much space we need. And obviously, you know, we have the opportunity now to, you know, they can have their own rooms and I think they'll be happy with that. Although my son is like, you know, he, he doesn't want to, He's 10. He wants to, he likes having his sister. Like, you know, we still like each other, I think. Even <laughs> through the so I'm just thinking, Todd, uh, I know we've kind of touched on, on the market right now. Seems like there's a lot of headwinds. We're talking interest rate increases again. Adam and I have been joking kind of over the last couple of weeks on the show. Like the narrative has went in 180 degrees here in the last couple of weeks, basically, or since February, where it was like, the sky's the limit, real estate's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Now everybody seems, you know, the narrative has shifted. What is your take currently on on the state of the market and maybe where we go from here in the next, this year, next year? And and do you have any plans to, to dip your toe in uh, again in the investment uh, side of things? Yeah, I mean, I... I bought another property uh, in East Vancouver uh, recently. So yes, I'm still in it. And, you know, we made that decision in the last couple of weeks. So I would say in the current climate, with the information that we know, I've already bought another property. I'm heavily invested, uh, continue to be invested with Saint Development. We've got a number of different developments in East Vancouver that we're still, we're still buying property. Uh, we're still you know, going through that process and investing money and, you know, getting people together to do those things. So, you know, I'm, I'm still committed. You know, there's a part of me that, uh, of course, like I'm, I'm heavily leveraged into Vancouver. So 
I'm keenly watching what's going to happen. But, you know, I do think that if your time horizon is long, the way you're supposed to play the game, which is, you know, five, seven, 10 years down the road, I, I do think that at that point, real estate will be more valuable than it is today. And ultimately, that's your decision making. And the other question is, so if you're going to sell, liquidate, not invest in the market, what else are you going to do with your money? Right. So you got to you got to have a better alternative. Right. So, you know, I I sound like a broken record, but like I just believe in this city. It is ridiculously expensive. There's going to be there's going to be more government intervention to try and make the city at least accessible, a touch more accessible to young families, first time buyers. You know, our mayor right now is speaking to it. Our you know provincial government as well which I totally support, absolutely should happen. Is it going to stop the increase in value? Are rents going to go down? Like, I don't, I just, I cannot see the explanation for that happening unless our interest rates go to like eight, 10%, but I also don't see that happening. Right. But you need to be aware of what's going on. Like, don't be naive. We're not going to be at a well, we're, we're not now, but like, you know, a 2% interest rate for the next 10 years is not going to happen as we've, we've seen, they're going to raise interest rates, but you know, do the math as well. A half a point. Yes, that is a significant increase, but what is that in terms of your monthly payment? You know, is that going to be your deciding factor of whether you're going to buy or, you know, sell a piece of property and, you know, downsize, or you're going to, you know, buy a house for your family. Is that really going to be the deciding factor? Well, it is crazy, you know, and I kind of alluded it to it before about this kind of 180 turn. But, you know, if you have a variable rate mortgage right now, for the most part, you're probably hovering around two and a half percent. And sure, are there going to be further increases? It sounds like it. Well, <laughs> it people, sounds like people there are, I don't know what you guys are choosing. I, I know you guys are buying property as well, but I'm still going variable. People who don't know. We'll lock into a five-year right now. And, and at two and a half percent, it's like, you know, people are talking like the sky's falling. You're like, this is, we're talking two and a half percent. Here's what I know about the Vancouver real estate market is that we live in the world of hyperbole. So it's either the sky is falling as if, you know, it, there's going to be some sort of meltdown or it's a runaway train and nothing's ever going to stop it. It's one of the two. And we never seem to find that, that balance of um, rhetoric, shall we call it, you know, right. where people just, how about just shut up with the headlines because <laughs> they don't help anybody. It scares people. Right. And, and, and furthermore, they're behind the times. By the time the media picks up some sort of new trend that they think is going to capture a headline. And I get like the clickbait is unbelievable. Like my newsfeed is covered in, in yeah. real estate news. And I click on them too. I'm like, whoa, what do they mean by this? And then you read it and you're like, wait a second. They they have no idea. Either they don't really have an idea or once you read through the dynamics of that article, it doesn't actually mean what they insinuated it mean by the, by the headlines. It, as you can tell by my excited nature, <laughs> it pisses me off that, that they scare people with these headlines. And it's, it's unfair. A first-time buyer out there who's doing everything they can to find themselves a home that they're gonna that they're gonna hold for a long period of time, so they'll be fine. 
you know, they get freaked out by this stuff. It scares me too when I read the headlines and I, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of know what's going on. Yeah. So no, I, I think we're all guilty of it. It's like cutting out white noise, right? In a lot of ways, if you can carry it, if you can carry it and you're fine. Yeah. Multiple outs. Like I used to talk about this all the time, you know, how do you manage that purchase in a way that's going to protect you the best? You know, can you rent it out? Is, you know, can you put improvements into it that you put some sweat equity into it to increase the value of it? Is there, you know, some way to move to a higher and better use of it? Can you put in a suite? Could you rent out the garage just as storage for, you know, a garage right now in East Vancouver is going for like three, 400 bucks a month. That can help out people a huge amount. I think people got a lot more creative in during COVID around, you know, how can we better use our space? So, you know, I think, I think people tend to just default to, oh, I got this massive mortgage. I, I got to buy a house. It's got to be one way. And if something shifts, I'm screwed. Well, it's not the case. Right. Sound advice. Uh, Todd, I am, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about opportunities in the lower mainland. And we always talk about this topic with you specifically. I know you're kind of always monitoring the sub markets and then also just in the province in general. Where are you excited about in the lower mainland? And are there, is there an area or region in, in the province that you're excited about? Um, I think in the greater Vancouver area, I, I kind of answer this question the same all the time. Like I'm a fan of new West. I think it's just geographically positioned really well. And I still think that there's lots of upside there in terms of where it's going as a city, city of new Westminster. I'm also a big proponent of buying where, you know, and, I know East Vancouver better than I know anywhere else. And so, you know, I think that there's some really cool little pockets that maybe are under-realized at the moment, but are shifting fast. And um, so I, I'm still a big fan of East Vancouver. I, I, I think if you, if you can swing it and, it, you know, it's, it's something that you're interested in, anything in Vancouver especially on the East side. Like I, I'm just, I'm more of a fan of the East side than I am of the West side. I think the West side is probably in my opinion, overvalued and the East side is catching up. I mean, we're seeing prices on the East side eclipse the West side, but I still think that there's, there's value. There's two developments coming on the market next week as well. <laughs> Those are the ones you should be buying. That's for what, sure. What? Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk? <laughs> with oh yeah. I feel like I'm promoting a book. It's not why I came on, but it just so happens that we've we've got the first of multiple boutique developments that that we were working with Saint Developments, and then Blue Realty is is marketing them. I'm kind of the go between, the connector of these things, but their uh, main and maison is is the name of one of them, and Finch and Benson is the other. East Twenty Third and East Seventeenth, their heritage retention four units beautifully designed. Like I, the reason why I was inspired to get involved with these is that, you know, they, they hire you know, high end architects and design firms. Yeah. And so it's the attention to detail and the focus on creating spaces that families can live in the city. So they're not, you know, inexpensive, but they are more accessible than a detached piece of property in Vancouver. And you still get your own front door some outside space and they are beautifully designed and beautifully built. So, and, and these are in Mount Pleasant. Yeah. So East 17th is between Fraser and Maine. So it's an awesome location. And 
The cross street for Finch and Benson is uh, on East 23rd and Prince Albert. So, and, and these go on the market next week. So I don't know, I don't know when this airs, but. Well, we're live right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's great. What about the province? And and so the province, well, I mean, obviously we've seen a mass uh, interest in recreational property and, and I say that the term recreational property tips into secondary living slash primary living now. So any of the markets that people, you know, during the pandemic hadn't really heard of uh, these little small towns, which, you know, has, has been a struggle for people who are already living there because prices have gone through the roof. But, um, you know, the Okanagan has been, has been, on fire, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Vernon and Penticton. Both those towns have this quaint, you know, throwback feel to what they Vernon, at- totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I, I've been watching the market in Vernon. We were looking at some property there and it's like, you got to be on the trigger there. Oh man. It yeah. Is- I know somebody who just bought there and it was a challenge. It's crazy. Wasn't, Penticton was a uh, Scott Scott Brown's pick. Yeah, like number one pick in the province. Yeah. and he's usually bang on with with where he he thinks the next up and coming pocket is. So people are super keen on the Okanagan. I mean, there's so many benefits to it. I think watch the wineries where they're going. So right. we're seeing it's like the, the Starbucks effect, but the Starbucks the winery effect. effect. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but in the winery realm. So. You know, I'm not a wine expert, but I do know that uh, the owner of the guy's name, I can't remember, he started Friend. He's the guy who sold plenty of fish. You know, so he bought this massive tract of land just outside of Vernon. So he's planting his vineyards up there. There is this push up there. And I think it's based on climate change because down in the Asoyus area, the temperature has been rising and it's getting too hot. So you're seeing it push back up. And I think, I think one of the things that drives some of this recreational property and, and value around real estate is these attractions. So in the Okanagan, it's wineries or things like Sparkling Hill and, you know, and obviously the lake, you know, people, people love being around water. And, and so, you know, I think it was Ozzy Jurok. Does he get mentioned much anymore? Is he in the game? or On what? this show all the time. Yeah. I read, uh, yeah, I read the, uh, he does the do I read Ozbuzz. He does. Yeah. It's, he a, great, it's a great uh, email. Well, yeah. I mean, I read his book, right? Like he was one of the early guys who wrote about the, about the real estate market in BC, right? Yeah. BC specific. So, you know, there's no point in reading a real estate book based in the United States. It's not going to help you out. So, you know, back in the day, I will quote Ozzy. I'm sure he took this from someone else, not rocket science, but buy, buy waterfront anywhere, anytime. Right. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for pure appreciation, um, but it's expensive. But um, not, but on a bluff, not. <laughs> yes. Let's bring it full circle. Listen, like, sea level be... rise is a real thing. The yeah. city is strategizing right now. I know. You know, internally, there is lots of discussion going on. So, you know, keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about buying, buying, you know, in low-lying areas of Vancouver, Richmond, Delta, close to the water in Vancouver. You know, there's there's a lot to consider. More to consider probably than ever, (laughs) ever when it comes to... The climate thing is just always, I mean, we talk about it it's all the time. It's a massive game changer. But it's yeah. a huge game changer. Yeah. 
Todd, we have this segment called the Five Wire, Five Lighthearted Questions to end the show. Okay. We've kept you only for one full hour so far. Can we keep you for five more yeah, minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go. Awesome. I suck at this, but I'll try my best. Well, the questions have changed a bit. So, okay, good. Uh, I hope number... it's not my favorite restaurant because... No, okay. no. Oh, I, wa- I walk by that all the time. Uh, Britannia Sushi. Is yeah, Britannia Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, man. So many free ads. By the way, the Don Air place across the street is Vancouver Don Air. Best place in the city. Really? Yeah. So, so the guy who owns that has been working there independently. He works every single day, six days a week. He owns it. He's the most awesome guy. I used to, first house I bought, you know, the one I was painting is just down the street. So I used to walk up and get a chicken Don Air, large chicken Don Air, everything on it, hot sauce. That's the way to go. And, um, I have literally been buying Donairs from him for 20 years. Wow. He's awesome. Awesome guy. Tiny little spot. It's very colorful. You can't miss it. What's it called? I think it's called Vancouver Donair. I think. Pretty sure. Nice. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. All right. So question number one is what have you been binge watching lately or a movie recommendation? Oh, well, um, we were talking about David Spade. I'm a big David Spade fan. He just launched his stand-up just watched that. Oh, oh wait a second. That's that on Netflix? Out, I came out last night on Netflix. Were you guys, because I, I interrupted no, 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 a we conversation. Were, talking about his podcast. were you talking about the new SNL podcast? Yeah, with Dana Carvey. With Dana yeah, Carvey. Yeah, yeah. That's what okay, we were talking about. That's what I've been listening to, but he's got a new, like, he's I got, saw, I got an email about that, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Nice. Yeah. I, I Netflix? Love, I love their, yeah, Netflix. Uh, the other one is Anatomy of a Scandal. So that, I think I've heard of that. Okay, so that is on Netflix as well. And it's it's got an all-star cast. It's British. I haven't gotten that far through it, but it is, it's good. Have you guys seen, and this just reminds me of, uh, uh, have you guys seen on, it's on Disney Plus, Only Murders in the Building? Oh, yeah, with uh, Martin Short, Short and, S- and um, Steve Martin. And Steve Martin. And, uh, yeah, uh, someone famous, that dated uh, uh, singer, Justin Bieber, she? right? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Starlet, but is that no? Still able so, to? No. like, I, I, oh, canceled. I binged that hard yeah. when it came out, and I'm waiting for the next season. They are making one. It is it's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm almost, oh, wow. I'm almost hey. done it, but I'm like, yeah, four episodes in or so. It's, it's like really just, it's so good. Agreed. So good. There's so much good content out there. Yeah, and there's so much crap as well. <laughs> Equal parts. Question number two for you, Todd. What song has been on repeat lately? Oh, man. I'm not really a, a music guy. I, I listen to podcasts and talk radio. I'm super lame. They, oh, the soundtrack to... Um, Encanto? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Elmo or yeah, Bruno. Yeah. We don't <laughs> talk about Elmo. That's, that's what I'm taking off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question I number- heard it in London Drugs. I was like, oh my God. Really? Well, I think, did anyone, including Lin-Manuel Miranda, think that that was going to be a hit? 
the we don't talk about Bruno? Yeah. Oh man, no my one daughter predicted that. My daughter thought No one would. predicted that. Yeah. Really? I think that came well, out of that, left field. The, the pressure song, that that's an obvious hit. The surface pressure, you know that one? From the same movie? Yeah. I don't know. I my memory sucks. Oh, wait. That's the better song. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not as big though. No, I feel like it's the immediately was the one I thought was the the hit. But yeah. Surface pressure. But the thing is, is my daughter sings a they don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, like, yeah. Ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah it's got yeah. a good hook. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone can sing it. Yeah. That's right. Let's give it a shot here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Acapella. Uh, it's acapella. I know. I was as I yeah, said yeah. it. Acapella. Acapella. Like, no. <laughs> That's it. New as I said it, I was like. Matt, Matt, by the way, my truck got broken into it. I lost a lot of camera gear. <laughs> it looks very familiar over here. We are, we are, yeah, obviously not filming this, but. Uh, Pointing to uh, a, a mountain of camera gear that we've still not used. Okay, so uh, question number three. Been buried in any books lately? No. <laughs> no. Actually, uh, the one book that I got for Christmas, I don't read very much, but uh, there's a book called 40 Fathers. And there's little three or four page stories from uh, different fathers, local Canadian people, I think, Trevor Linden's one of them, uh, folks like that. And uh, they're just kind of like bite-sized content. Snippets of wisdom? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of their experience of being a father and also their relationship with their father. You know, I'm I'm always interested in how I'm doing as a dad and, you know, what choices I could make to be a better parent. And, um, you know, so I'll That's grab that every once in a while. Awesome. 40 Fathers. All right, Todd, one habit, practice, or belief you've taken on lately that has had a positive impact on your life? Well, this is in its infancy, but the subject of meditation has come up and been suggested to me for a while now, and I've been super resistant. But, you know, I, Mostly I don't Mostly from the building community. They're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. you got to meditate. Dude, you got to <laughs> chill out and put your phone down. Stop calling us. In fact, you call us one more time, we're not giving you anything. So I've dipped my toe into like super beginner. Like I literally Googled super beginner meditation. And um, so I've done it a couple times. I have some sort of breathing issue, uh, which kind of flares up. And I, and I think it's revolved around some sort of stress or anxiety or something like that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to kind of tackle that in a way I've, I've had it for a long time and, and, um, but it gets bad at certain points. I've also seen a doctor just so everyone knows, you know, like Jesus, I'm attacking terrifying. it from all angles, but I, I do believe that most of it is, um, you know, <laughs> self-induced. And so, you know, you have to look at the choices you're making, how much you're taking on, and I, and I don't say no very well. So that's a great one. And I'm actually, I'm just, I was you're just downloading actually, the app. Well, no. Uh, yeah. Is there an app that you're using yeah, specifically? So, so literally, I mean, I'm talking like in the last day or two, I posted it on my Instagram and uh, kind of, you know, shared with people that this is what I was taking on. And honestly, like an avalanche of feedback from people. So I had no idea that so many people meditate. I mean, I know it sounds naive or, or whatever, but 
the app that has been suggested to me is Insight Timer. Interesting. And like, I would say 75% of the people who responded um, suggested that app. So I was like, wow, that's... But does this Insight Timer doesn't sound like a... Is that like shut off your phone for a certain amount of time? Or does no, it actually, no, it's actually, is it guided? When you open it up, the quote that comes up is the only life worth living is the one we, oh, then it went away. So <laughs> we will never know the end of that quote. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got to close it and open it. <laughs> the see only I, life worth living is blank. Oh, it comes up with another one. The right one does not stand in your way. Oh, and then it went away. I, <laughs> So this proves my point that I don't read enough. I'm not fast enough to actually get the nugget of wisdom that you're throwing down. Inside timer, please um, adjust your timing. Speaking of timers, adjust your timing to leave it on the screen a little bit longer. Anyways, it's it's a it's a it's a catalog of different meditations that you can do, and like I've literally just scratched the surface. So uh, that's kind of what I'm taking on. You know, there's a great book, and I just actually pulled up my. Uh, my audible, but breath by James Nestor, okay. all about breathing. And, uh, it's fascinating. It's, he's like, I think like a New York times, uh, guy who did a big deep dive. So he's not like a scientist or anything, but he's right. It was a New York times bestseller. Nice. Yeah. Audible's the way <laughs> that's my access point to books. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the other, the other thing that I've, I've tried and I, we're not totally successful with it, but for those of people who have kids is to spend one-on-one time with each kid each day, like 10 minutes, but let them decide what you're doing. So they're leading and you're following. And it, and every time I do it, the impact is massive. Like the, any behavior is it shifts immediately the connection between me and my kid is way stronger. It's like this little magic 10 minutes, especially when you ask them what they want to do. You don't have to spend any money. You don't have to necessarily go anywhere. Yeah. So though, like that little piece is, uh, it's massively impactful. Hmm. That's a 10 minutes. Doesn't seem like much. Yeah. No kidding. I think they get a lot out of it too. Like they feel like you get, like I struggle with like that, that 100% attention to them. But if, if I categorize it, like this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Seems to work. That's great advice. Uh, last but not least, Matt. Under $1,500, something you've bought, I guess, other than the app. I'm not sure if that's free. Something you've bought in the last little while that's had a positive impact on your life. Under fifteen hundred? That's a huge value. Like I thought you like under <laughs> well, we're trying we were trying to get We used to say like a hundred dollars and people would be like Oh, you can't the, buy anything for a hundred to get here. Right, yeah. <laughs> My parking will get yeah, there. Like inflation, like, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be fifteen hundred dollars though. No no. Now um, it's gotta be fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Listen, like I'm a bit of a tool junkie. Like I I love my tools. So um, I've got some new tools that are going to get to play at the build, which we're starting next week. Like I'm heading up to the lake. You know what? Uh, you know what I bought? Um, it's called an, I believe I'm getting this right, an inclimeter. So it, it's a small square box that I got from Lee Valley. 
and you put it on, if you're building something that's on an angle, you rest it on that angle and it reads the digital angle of that piece of wood, let's say. So we're building, uh, like I'm building this A-frame and it has to, every component of the A has to be at 65 and a half degrees, precisely. So concrete, metal, wood, connection point, and then the wood again. And so this little box lives with me. Wow. So it, it, it's, it's awesome. Like anyone who loves building and you're, you know, you can read 90, you know, for level, you don't have to use your level. So it's great. It sticks to metal. Like if you're positioning a bracket or something like that. So it gives you the exact, the exact exact reading like in, in real time, just, and it's digital. Yep. You just stick it right on the edge and it'll say 70 degrees. And you're like, Ooh, okay. You gotta adjust it. An inclimeter. An inclimeter. I, I, I really, someone first for this show. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's great. Well, Todd, how can people find out more about what you're up to? I think Instagram is the main source, right? Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, like, at Todd Talbot. We've also got uh, a specific website for our uh, aframe.com, spelled E-H-frame.com. And we've also, you know, uh, got that content on Instagram. And and you've got these uh, really great framing carpenters. Oh, right, I didn't even read this. Carpenter pencils. Uh, that you brought, which uh, I'm actually going to share with uh, the guys building my garage. I'm going to give them one. But the official A-frame carpenter pencil. I love this. So measure once, cut twice, <laughs> which has never happened with your no. over, with your vision, no. <laughs> with your oversight. No, I stand around and think about think about the cut for 45 minutes, then make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and your inclimeter plays yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> and how did the branding come about? I guess. This is just interesting. This is a yeah. So we got a little shop as well on the on the website. So just some some like I just like wearing a hat and a hoodie and stuff like that. So we did some carpenter pencils and hats and sweatshirts and stuff like that. Cool. And the, so the handle for the A frame is at A frame. Yeah, it's at uh, on Instagram at eh dot frame. Yeah, and then the website is aframe dot com. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming down, Todd. Coming into the studio is good seeing you and uh, appreciate your time. You guys are awesome. I love coming down and chatting. I, I talked way too time. much. I, I, I should have tried to like grab some information out of you guys because you guys are smart. smart. No, we're, uh, we're no. just... Uh, Come on. Yeah. Just yeah. two guys who ask questions. Todd. Yeah, yeah. Overly modest. We are, we are the, listener. Uh, Do not... Believe this, like jovial couple of like, Ron McLeans. Oh, we're just yeah <laughs> over here. They're building an empire, people taking over. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Todd Talbot, Renaissance man, I think you called him, <laughs> and I, I believe that that speaks volumes. I mean, he's painting in the morning. He's uh, strategizing about investing in the afternoon. He's thinking about passive houses in the evening and then he's doing commercials on the side and he can sing show tunes. Hey, he it, can, he can. Uh, Did you hear when I said acapello? Right. I mean, yeah. that was a faux pas. Oh, that was a huge faux pas. You like a, fo- a folks pause, a Fox pause. <laughs> uh, yeah. And here, here's the other thing too. Like I said at the beginning, I always have a lot of takeaways when we talk to Todd, but I loved everything about just how active he is like constantly kind of monitoring his projects, but also just always moving 
and he and a clear vision, right? Like what came out of that really was almost like a step by step master plan for being successful in real estate, but it was just unfolded in, or unpacked in in a series of stories. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. You're never going to be asked out if you don't go to the dance. Well, yeah, you're not going to win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. It's it's uh, it's, it's true. Uh, you got to be you got to be you got to be in the market. That's for sure. And uh, truer words have never been spoken, as you're sure. about to say. We're just we just speak in uh, cliches. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> welcome back to the cliche podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, hey, Matt. Before we cut for the day, of course, we have VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That's right. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com where you can find all things real estate related, including the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. This next week, the Mayor of Victoria. I yes. mean, Corey keeps on bringing on big time guests. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised when I heard that. Mayor of Victoria is on this week. Fantastic. Lisa helps. Lisa helps. Yeah. Fantastic. What a name stuff. for being a politician. Like, can you, like, that's a name. Right? Yeah. The Lisa branding, helps. the branding works. I think yes. that's for sure. So definitely check out the Vancouver commercial real estate podcast on the site. We also have the live wire. This is our weekly mailer where you get access to various VIP residential presale projects. We have various commercial pre-sale projects. Right. We also have deal of the month. We get stats before anyone else, different types of stats, sales ratios that will blow you away. We also have private client services. Because Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free at your fingertips. It's available at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Matt, how can people get in touch? 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And I just want to say one last thing before we cut for the day. We have two very special guests joining us tomorrow in studio. Michael Yu, co-owner, founding partner of Oakland Realty. Super, super bright guy. Incredible entrepreneur. And then we have Steve Soretsky who most people will know because he's very prominent voice in the Vancouver housing market, also just in the Canadian economy. And he's, a, he's a, just a good friend of the show. And we've never had him on. We've had a lot of people request both these guys to come on the program. So I'm super excited. It's going to be almost like a round table. If you will. If you will. <laughs> oh, I, I will. will. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. <laughs> Thank you.